Welcome to the art in education. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of VR and Education, where we dive deep into virtual reality for teaching and learning. Today, we have the pleasure of talking to Dr. Shannon Putman. Dr. Putman, an esteemed special education teacher and a VR expert with over a decade of classroom experience, is spearheading a project for the Kentucky Department of Education, which involves wait for it, the deployment eventually of over 5,000 VR headsets. So she's here today to talk about this remarkable assignment. Dr. Putman was previously on my show in episode 31, where we talked about VR, her game Brain Drain, and her work with special education. So welcome back to the show, Dr. Putman. Thank you so much for having me. It's so exciting. I always I always love getting to talk with you. I I normally say what's your origin story, but we've kind of been through that with episode 31. So I'm going to mix it up a bit and just ask you since about a year ago when we talked, tell me some things that have changed with you and your relationship with VR and education. Yeah, so it's been an incredibly exciting year for me. Um I got to the amazing opportunity to do this project with the Kentucky Department of Education. And I went for it and made the big leap and opened up my own company. So Putman XR Consulting was born. And as you said, eventually going to have about 5,400 headsets, but we have currently actually deployed 2,450 headsets are currently all across the entire Commonwealth of Kentucky. That's that's amazing. You know, one of the, the stories I still tell to different folk is when we talked before and not sure if it was brain drain or not, but I remember our conversation where you helped uh, a boy who was autistic try and acclimate to going into a restaurant mm -hmm. and how, you know, this family was just relieved that this use case for VR was uh, something that you had come up with. And maybe I want to start with that before we get into the Kentucky stuff, because again, I, I, I can't help but reiterate this great use case over and over again to many people who are still just warming up to the idea of the use of VR. Yeah, it's incredibly powerful. And I, um, as a special education teacher, would just ask families every year what was a goal that they had for the school year. And, you know, having the same kids for five, six years, you, you really did become family. And um, it was a family of the son had autism and the daughter did not. And, and she just, you know, the mom said, we just want to go out to dinner. And they had never been able to go out to dinner as a family, you know, something that a lot of people take for granted. And so I had just gotten the Oculus DK2 kit. And I was like, well, you know, I've got this new thing I really want to try. And uh, I went out to the restaurant was O'Charlie's at the time. And they used to have a deal where you could have free pie Wednesdays. And it was hopping during free pie Wednesdays. But uh, they were fantastic. And, I, you know, I filmed um, in 360 and other patrons were loud on purpose. And it was just it was great. And, and we just worked every day. And our goal was 60 seconds longer every day. And the reason that VR was so effective was not only because it put him directly in that environment, 
but it also took him directly right out of it. So as opposed to going into the restaurant and having to deal with it, and then like if he does have, you know, um, get upset and, you know, patrons, other patrons, do they look at him? Do they not look at him? You know, you're embarrassed. You got to leave all that stuff. Instead, he was instantly back in that safe environment of the classroom by simply taking the headset off. So he took less time to deescalate. Everything wasn't so as overwhelming. And it just was the perfect opportunity to work on those type of situations that can be traumatizing and make it less traumatizing. Amazing. Let's step back now and get into this outstanding Kentucky project. So from just like a scaled up viewpoint, what is the general goal or objective with this massive headset deployment? Well, the goal is exactly what I've always had for VR and education in that teachers get to understand how it can be a tool in their toolkit. It's not a replacement. You know, we're not at this dystopian future or anything like that, but instead it's a tool and it just happens to be one of the best tools I've ever found. But it allows you to do things. And I think the biggest thing is like a lot, and I love teachers. We're an amazing group, but man, we always want an app for that. It's like, is there an app for that? Is there an app for that? Well, there doesn't have to be an app for that. And so my goal is instead of having a headset that already has absolutely everything on it and it has all the apps that you need and you can, you just, there you go. I want teachers to understand we already have what we need. We just need to change our thinking about how we use it. Because if we don't, we're never going to actually adapt to the technology and successfully integrate it into instruction. It's just going to be the, oh, well, you know, like in, in Google Expeditions was amazing. It got everything started. Don't get me wrong, but now it's obsolete. And so the next group that came out, the three doffs, they're obsolete. Everything's going to keep becoming obsolete. And they're going to be sitting on the shelf unless we finally learn as teachers how to do things differently. And that's mm. the goal with this project. And I'm going to unpack and pick that to apart a little bit more. So, uh, you know, hold that thought. I, I, I regularly do not like to talk about hardware on this show because I, I, I get... I get accolades from people saying it's more about pedagogy, you know, thank you, Craig, for talking more about the educational side of this. But I do have to ask, because it's such a big deployment, what, what headsets did you guys decide to stick to? Because the, the number is like unparalleled. And, and uh, moving forward, will you continue to stick with those headsets? So we currently deployed uh, the Quest 2, the MetaQuest 2. Now, granted, when we started this whole project, anybody that's worked in government knows it's not necessarily quick. Uh, the 3 hadn't even come out or anything yet. Um, so for price point and what we needed and everything else like that, and again, the goal being that it would be used for more than just the typical one-off um program that was the uh, headset that we went with at the time so the uh, next 2450 we haven't decided yet um i think which i think is exciting because just since we started this one you know the leaps in the pass through from the two to the three have been unbelievable htc is doing some fantastic things in the game especially with their trackers and everything pico's like hey don't forget about us they've got fantastic features and um eye tracking and all these other options and it's kind of like 
I keep, I, I try to tell the hardware companies, I'm like, man, if you can narrow in on education, you can own the market because it's thirsty and it's ready. Um, and I think that I started saying five years ago, we were going to see VR headsets in classrooms. Like we had Chromebooks at the time and I've been, I've been bang on with it and I'm trying to make it, make it happen. Um, so as opposed to being just tied to any one headset, we're more looking at features. Um, and there's pros and cons to every company. You know, I'm not aligned with any one company or anything like that. Um, they all have good and bad. And uh, it's really just finding what works at the time. And um, for us at the time, that was the MetaQuest 2. Yeah. And I just saw on LinkedIn today that the whole state of North Dakota is getting headsets as well. And, uh, you know, those will be uh, HTC Vive uh, focuses. And so, you know, I like that you're very open to being agnostic. So well said. Let's, yeah, absolutely. Let's... And that's Matt. That's Matt from uh, Be More uh, Colorful at CareerView. They're one of our, our partners on this KDE project. So fantastic, exciting opportunities. I know. It's just like you said, it just seems like, you know, somebody has pushed a button over the last few months that said to education, okay, let's go. Right. Yeah. Okay. Let's. The deployment strategy is also something I'm, I'm sure lots of educators are thinking about. So how many headsets do you foresee per each school as well as um, how did you decide that you needed to go with a headset management company? Again, not that we're picking any favorites, but you la landed your hat on Manage XR. And so talk to me about those two things. Well, being a classroom teacher and understanding this technology and understanding not only the the load and the pressure that teachers have been under, especially COVID and and everything else, you know, we've kind of taken a beating and we've been asked to do so many things. You know, we're nurses, we're we're therapists, we're all these things, and we're still getting you know kind of getting a, a hard way to go. So wanting and understanding that. Um, this for in order for this project to be successful, I knew that first off, these headsets had to come ready to go so they could open up the box and use them because teachers just don't have time. And then when I opened up the first VR lab in an elementary school in Kentucky like eight years ago, we didn't have any management software. So I would load my dogs and my husband up on Sundays and we would go down and put every headset on and get them ready and do all that. And, you know, you might find a couple teachers that are going to do that, but that that's not a fair ask of anybody. So um, I knew that overall wide scale adoption of VR and education needs an MDM. And so through the research and everything that I did um, and, and meeting with people, A, all of the features that ManageXR offers are unbelievable. It, it, it checked every box up and down and a lot of other companies do too. So it, it's not that, but also being my own boss, the thing that has been so wonderful is that I get to pick and choose who I want to align with. And my only guiding question through this entire project has been what's best for students. Um, you know, I didn't get anything from any company, no software, nothing. I got no money from anybody. I just we just looked at the research and what was best for students and um, manage XR also ticked that because they were willing to work with us. They're willing to do things. They listen to any feedback we have. Um, you know, they didn't start till they got the PO, which was like six months after when it was supposed to be, you know, all these things. And so that's the only guiding question that has led this project, which I think keeps it in, in, in the right um, lane that we want it to be. And are and, you are you planning 
Are you planning on boots on the ground to all the schools or is that just absolutely impossible to almost like Santa Claus deliver those headsets to each school that they go to? So they've already been delivered. They were delivered in November. Each location got 70 headsets. And each look at what's exciting is that they all went to um, high school area technology centers. And in the past, people would have thought them as thought, you know, referred to them as like vocational centers. However, they are first off, they're unbelievable. And they do have your classic CTE, you know, career technical education pathways, HVAC. Um, you know, welding, carpentry, but they also have computer-aided design, 3D content creation, business. So, I mean, healthcare, every single one of them has a healthcare track. So students are graduating with their associate's degree from high school, which is just already unbelievable. And um, so they all have 70 and your girl right here is actually in and then within by the end of February, I will have gone and physically gone to every single location and onboarded every single site. Um, so it, it's been a lot, but it, it's been exciting. So I've been not that I haven't had support. Don't get me wrong. Um, but nobody knows VR and education like I do. So really, I'm the only one who can do what I'm doing. Um, and this initial training has all been focused on understanding how to manage the headset, how to use it. That. Okay, that's I, I get and I expected. Where I'm anticipating the most support needed, which is what we why I've built so many supports into this project, is after that because using the VR headset and learn how to do that. That's kind of like when we went from an overhead to a smart board. Like, okay, there was some fumbling at first, but now everybody uses them, and now everything's touchscreen and everything else. But understanding that piece, like we, I've said before, of how to actually use it in your instruction is what I'm excited for. So that's when I get to go back and actually do lessons and show teachers how you do it with kids. And then they can see firsthand how it can be used. VR lab or on a cart that wheels from classroom to classroom. What's your pick yeah. there? Yeah, man, carts. Everybody wants a cart, but let me tell you, they they with VR they get expensive because you can't put nearly as many in a cart as you can with um you know like a, a laptop. But what's exciting is that a these schools they all have almost all have like metalworking and everything. So we've already now just by if they do want a cart, they've created a student project to make that cart. So that's exciting and keeping it at the school. I personally am all about whatever works works for the location. And that's what's even more exciting about this project. We have 33 different counties in all over North, South, East, West Kentucky. So in one center, we're seeing the principal has them in a central location and people sign them out. In another center, we're seeing a principal giving certain teachers that are, you know, wanting to use this right away. They're getting like 10 apiece. So then they always have the same 10 headsets. So that's what's awesome about VR is you don't have to have that one solution. You can figure out what works for you. And I mean, they got 70 and that's a lot. And they've all been able to find the space and, and everything. So um, if you want to, it, you can make it work. And I love the, you know, the ownership and agency that you pretty much have to give to those people. You know, there are some groups and some schools that are like, I don't know, you, you tell me, Shannon. Mm -hmm. but, but there are others where, like you said, you know, they sort of need to to be able to own it because eventually as you sort of pull away from your consulting, it's got to be their baby now. So I, I love that approach. So well done. I know you have already resonated with this philosophy. So I'm glad this conversation is going to happen. And that is you, one of the, one of the 
apps or platforms that you had mentioned when I saw this post on LinkedIn was Engage VR for some of the content, not all of it. Tell us a little bit about why you're hanging your hat on making sure that that's part of the rollout and how you sort of think you're going to use that with teachers. Yeah, so um, Engage is a, a friend of mine said he 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 calls it the Swiss knife, the Swiss Army knife of VR, and it really is because it can do everything. And I've worked with Engage for a long time, and I love them. They've been nothing but unbelievable to me, um, and supportive of education. And so I actually created my entire dissertation experience inside Engage, and it was a, a twenty minute experience reliving the life of Representative John Lewis, and it starts with him preaching to his chickens on his farm in Troy, mm -hmm. and then goes all the way up through the march on the Edmund Pettus Bridge. And I don't have any programming knowledge or coding ability or anything. And I was able to do all of that inside Engage. So the fact that it offers not only teachers, but students the ability to now become creators without having to have that extra level is a huge bonus because I always have great ideas and I have all these things that I want to make, but I am not a programmer. And so I was trying to learn it and people are like, no, Shannon, you need a team. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Like build a team. Yeah, that makes sense. And so it kind of gives you your own team. And then everything that they've been continuing to do. And um, now with their AI integration where you don't even have to open your tablet, you know, you could say, hey, virtual assistant, give me, a, you know, a great white shark, whatever. And then their Engage link is really neat because, as I mentioned, the, the collaboration is going to have to be key. And so the way I designed this project was so that hopefully it can be self-sustaining at some to some point. Uh, we're bringing in industry partners first off, but second off, we're going to have our own kind of like Kentucky Department of Ed Engage link. Um, it's not public so that, you know, we can invite people, but we always want to worry about, we always want to consider student safety. And that was first and foremost, you know, so um, the the control and the safety that Engage provides also also allows us to feel comfortable having our students enter the metaverse because that can be a very you know intimidating place. Things can happen, so we always want to make sure that's happening. And we're going to have like our main KDE center, and then each of the thirty three centers is going to have their own portal and have their own location. So now they can make it their own, and hopefully the students will be getting involved in that creation. The teachers, but also if I when what I'm telling the teachers is. If say they have a special tool that they need, you know, in the auto program, they need a 3D model of it and Engage has a lot, but I mean, of course they're not going to have everything. So their options are to like, you know, hop on the web and buy it, you know, whatever, or they can reach out to one of the other programs that does have 3D design. Now a student from that program can interview that school just like a real customer because it is be like, you know, go through those soft skills that a lot of our students are losing. If they can't text, they don't do it. So they can actually interview them, get what they need, make it. Now that location gets the model for free. And this student has a real world, real life example they can put on their resume. They can put on their college application, internship application, and have them stand out because they're getting that real world experience before they ever even left the classroom. Amazing. And, you know, you mentioned this about how you're going to swing back to these schools and start to coach them with your instructional design hat on. And you've been so poignant about the following. I've seen some teachers, we give them, you know, a off the shelf purchased VR experience, and it might be a gamified. And 
like you said, teachers are finicky. They've been, a lot of them have been teaching for a long time and they sort of, they hold these certain principles about how they want to deliver their program. And so some might say, you know what, I don't want a gamified experience to meet the learning outcomes. And then, you know, you've got other teachers that say, I want to use VR to help me deliver the direct explicit instruction part. So I want VR to help me in the explaining part. Then you've got other teachers like, no, I want VR to be asynchronous where my kids can go in and they can practice something on their own. So there's this huge gamut of use cases where, like you said, if we just try and rely on vendors who don't necessarily maybe haven't been in the classroom, you know, you're not going to sustain a VR program. Your approach, though, is way more sustainable because you're allowing teachers ownership and agency on how they really want to pinpoint lesson design as well as learning outcomes. So I really tip my hat to you and you figured this out early on instead of like some schools just saying, you know, like you said early in the show, like there's not, there's no content out there. You know, why buy a VR headset where you flip this upside down and you've said, doesn't matter. Like the, the medium of making it contextually relevant and allowing students to actively use their hands to learn, we can teach teachers how to make their own content. Absolutely. And that's why we, I really tried to pick software for this that would allow for the widest range of everybody. And so um, that's why Engage obviously was a no-brainer. And then CareerView was a wonderful partner because they not only have the job shedding experiences on the headset, but they have them on um, the computer as well. And, and Engage does too. But CareerView is a real nice, simple way to experience a 3D world without being intimidated, you know, without feeling overwhelmed. Um, and that's great for a lot of our teachers and our students, because I always say, no matter what, VR is the one technology we never force on a student. Um, if they don't want to do it, they don't have to. And we've gotten into this age of tech, like there's some testing that is only done on the computer and students do not even, are not even allowed a pencil paper option. And I don't agree with that. And I love technology. Um, so we want to encourage them to use it, but making sure that we had avenues that if they didn't want to, or if for some reason at a certain time they didn't have headsets, that they would still be able to experience the 3D world. Because that's what it's all about. It's all about the 3D medium and consuming those 3D concepts in a 3D format. Um, and then with XREPS, uh, I, I'm incredibly excited about XREPS because um, I'm a co-founder of that. And actually the cognitive drills in it came right out of my classroom. Um, I, uh, I, I never did things as you, as you know, I never did things the, the same way other teachers did. I didn't like worksheets. So, you know, I'd, I, I always say I'd go to the, the dollar store and get pool noodles and I'd, I'd make them into a ring and hang them from my ceiling and put dry erase tape on them. And then my kids would have to run, solve the math problem, run over, pick up the football and then throw it through the ring with the correct answer. Well, why would we not bring that into VR? So that's what we've done. And with X-Reps, and this is what I tell teachers too, because hey, we're human and we're like, I was like, I tell them, look, when you know you've got that one kid that you're like, look, if I hear your voice again in the next 10 minutes <laughs> and you love them, you would, you would die for them. But, and I guarantee you, they have said the same thing about me and my voice too. So you're like, you know what? You can put them on X-Reps. They can play. They can have fun. They're using both sides of their brain because they're crossing midline and activating executive functioning. 
and they're doing academic content the whole time and they're doing it rapidly. So we know our students that might need, some of them might need five, you know, at times five repetitions to understand the concept. Others need 500. And so XREPS allows them to do that in a super fast way and have fun. And then, um, so if, if nothing else, you can do that. But, you know, even if there is the teacher that's like, it's just a game. Well, yep. But guess what? It's an academic game. But if, even if you don't like that, then guess what? Here's all these other options. So getting choosing things that would get the most amount of teachers engaged. And then also something that's been really hard for me in my career with VR is I would tend to focus on the non-believers because I knew I was right because I knew it worked and I mm. knew it was great for kids. And, and everybody keeps telling me, finally, I accepted it. I was like, okay, I have to not worry about that. And I focus on the believers. And then if the others come around, great. If not, at least those kids still have an opportunity in that school to experience the VR. And I'm telling you, there's more and more believers every day. Like in the beginning, I had to fight that opinion of VR that, oh, it's just a game. Now, when I go, I've had principals say to me, they're like, all right, how do I get some games on this thing so these kids can play a little bit? And I'm like, wait a minute, you want games? Yeah. They're like, yeah. And I'm like, yes. Like it's been just warming my soul because it's been such a nice change. That's so amazing. So okay, let's recap a little bit for Engage VR career view, uh, X reps. Are there some other sort of important apps that you want to make sure are loaded on there when you deliver to a school? Well, those are the three. And then the management software of, of Manage XR. Those are the four softwares that we chose for this one. However, um, there's fantastic things out there and some that we that I've recently just been lucky enough to try to start to partner with has been like virtual life support is a fantastic um, CPR life-saving app for, especially for our healthcare tracks. I mean, that, that is great. You know, I'm not against the like can solution, not by any means. I think there's always a place and an opportunity for it. Um, I just, especially, don't especially cause we, we can't, an educator can't do it alone. So I think, I think I'm glad you said that and I'm glad mm. you sort of painted that picture because neither am I. I just think that schools need to realize, and if there's anything that, you know, they can take away from this podcast, it's that, you know, just relying on vendors not only will be unsustainable from a financial perspective, but also you'll, you know, you, you need to grow from a sustainability perspective, your teachers in helping in content creation. So I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely all for the whole multimodal approach. Um, and, and virtual life support allows us to do that. Um, skills VR is another, you know, fantastic one. The, the flame trainer has, you know, come out with a, cause I did use, you know, we implemented that in Jefferson County public schools, two of those at the fire science academies. And, and now they've, you know, even advanced to the, to a, a fire extinguisher. Um, and so, I, I love the idea of the trained solution, but not just a trained system. So like, obviously the flame trainer, that's a, a totally different, that's not what I'm talking about. That That's a whole system and that's meant to be. But these other things that are just like a certain skill simulator and the headset can't be used for anything else. Like, I think again, that's narrowing back narrowing us back into it. So seeing more content being created for multi-use situations um, it has been exciting as well. And to see even these solutions, the updates that they come out with too, you know, like um, 
with having a scenario and then coming out with another scenario. And then, you know, they, the next update, they come out with a different scenario. And it's like, even if it's still that one solution, always updating it and, and making it still relevant. And, and it's exciting to see some of the, the things that people are coming up with. You, you mentioned this earlier on and again, so wise, and that is, you know, VR isn't meant to replace all the other things that we do in the classroom, nor is, and I'm careful with lots of teachers so that they don't use this language, nor is it an add-on or an afterthought, okay? It's integral. So one question I, I ponder, and I'm curious to see your answer, when, if a teacher's got this unit and they, you know, they've already maybe started or they're about to start, when's the best time for them to deliver a VR experience? Is it at the beginning of their unit of study? Is it somewhere in the middle? Is it at the end? Because that's a tricky thing for a teacher to think about it. And they're not maybe aware of when should they plunk that into their lesson design. Yeah, that's a that's a heavy question because I don't think there's one right answer. Um, I think it's more of a understanding when it's needed. And uh, so what I do is I ask a teacher, I'm like, one of my typical lead questions is, I'm like, what's something you wish you could do with your student that you can't? And like the carpentry teacher, and this is a perfect example of why you don't have to have an app for that. The carpentry teacher told me, I want to put them 400 feet up in the air, make them tie their safety harness and see if they can still use their tools. And my lay understanding, you know, I came from elementary special ed and I think carpentry, I think like cabinets. And it was, I have learned so much and, and from everybody, it's been amazing. He's like, no, I've had students come through our program, spend their entire high school career to become carpenters. And the only job they can get is on a skyscraper. They get up there, they can't do it. And then they've lost their job. And so I'm like, you know what? I got you. So I popped him. I had him get in on top of the wind turbine in career view. And he's like, this is exactly what we wanted. So even though I'm awesome, I never would have thought, hey, let's mm. use the wind turbine in carpentry. So understanding that that's where it can come in and not having to itch just to be the same thing. And whenever I show teachers VR and engaged, they're always like, was there a classroom setting? And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> we are sitting in a classroom. We don't need to put a headset on to go into a classroom. But yes, there's a classroom, um, you know, so finding and once you get it, I think you get it. Um, but that's always been my strength. And I think why I've just loved to do this is because I, I, I have creativity. You know, I say everyone's like, oh, you must be really smart. You have your PhD. I'm like, no, no, I just worked really hard. I have pockets of intelligence. Like fractions <laughs> still make me cry as a 42 year old adult. But when you have those things that what can't you do or those concepts that are hard to, we ask so many times, we ask our students to imagine. We teach volume using a 2D picture on a worksheet. And then we say, well, now you got to imagine that there's more blocks on the <laughs> other side. You just can't see them. Like, what? So then we get out the Unifix cubes and that's fantastic because then they can actually pick it up and hold it and see. So all the VR is doing is making everything else accessible. So when we think about it like that, as opposed to, you know, should I put it before my lead in, whatever, how is it that we can fit those concepts that's hard for our kids to understand? Mm. Well said. I'm mindful of time and you've had an incredibly busy last few weeks and even months. So uh, is there anything maybe left unsaid that you feel like educators should know or you want to drop one more wisdom bomb for us about uh, your uh, experience here? 
Um, I think what I'm just excited about is the opportunity for the students, especially these kids in Kentucky, they, you know, they deserve it. And, and, and all kids do. And there's some really great things happening and some really great supporters. Um, we're one of the things I'm always been passionate about, as you know, is accessibility and representation. Um, you know, I've had, uh, students from the, it's a Grace James STEM Academy here in Louisville and it's for girls of color and they designed alternative strapping mechanisms for alternative hairstyles. Cause let's face it, the headset straps were designed by white men. Oh my for white gosh. Men. Yeah. Um, wow. so they, well, <laughs> my mind is blown. Like I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but sometimes yeah. I just have to, because it's like, holy cow, I never thought of that. So good story. Yes. Keep going. Yeah. And so, you know, because in, in so many of my students of color wouldn't be able to use the headset as effectively, they'd have to hold it. They they wouldn't want to mess it up their hair. And it's, you know, it is their, their crown. It is their culture. And those students actually got to meet with representative Attica Scott here in Kentucky and talk about the crown act um, and everything. So it turned in all this stuff because me and my hair, I don't have any problem with it. So if I were to design a product or a strap, it's in, it's disingenuous. And I, I could never understand that. And, and it always happens with products and it always happens, especially like in the deaf community, hearing people always want to make products for deaf people. And I'm always like, well, did you even ask a deaf person if they wanted that? And they usually don't even consult them. So one of the schools that is involved in this project is the Kentucky school for the deaf. And I'm, so excited because um, the idea, and, and I don't get me wrong, I love pass through and I love people that use it. And I see a lot of cases where people are like, oh, you know, it's a roller coaster in my dining room table and it's on my headset. And I'm like, I can do that with my phone. And, and so I wanted to find something that could take it to that next level. And being able to have a deaf student experience VR and still be able to see their interpreter, that's something I'm excited about. So that's, those are the things that we're developing. So thinking about how we can make things more accessible, especially for those populations that are usually the last to, to get to be thought of with the technology. Um, and just that we're not limited, you know, by anything but our imagination. That's what, that's what VR does. So um, my, my, always my closing statement with education is I've never changed the way my kids learn. I change the way I teach. Mm, and if yeah. we can all do that, then I, I think we can, keep going with this momentum and um, the kids are going to be the, the ones who benefit and the teachers. Like it's fun. It's more fun. I have more fun with kids. I make better connections with them and, and I get to enjoy my job, you know, like, I don't know why you wouldn't want to. So I, I say, bring back the fun when we can. Yeah, that, that goes back to, uh, I'm sure you know of her in the VR community, uh, Angelina Dayton, who she calls herself the VR lady. And she mm -hmm. said when she was, pushing in with VR to some of these rural schools. Um, they're on like uh, um, indigenous land and these indigenous schools, they used to just like, it's the VR lady, the VR lady's coming. And so <laughs> I just laugh at that because you're so right. School's got to be more fun. So well said. Uh, how can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more about your project or maybe they're looking for even more wisdom? Yeah. So, um, I actually now it's things that I had never thought of and didn't have time for, but I do actually have a, a fabulous marketing team who's helping me with a website. So that will be launching soon. And then, um, I am on LinkedIn of course, and, um, they're going to help me with, you know, a Facebook and, uh, Instagram as well. But, um, so I always say LinkedIn until I get that website going. And then I, people can just email me. I, I'm always open to that. And, 
also, again, when I made my email, I wasn't thinking because, you know, when you work in a school system, they give you your email, you know, and it's your name usually like it was Shannon.Putman at Jefferson. So um, but my email is Shannon at PutmanXRConsulting.com. So it's a little long, but I, that's shorter than what it was. So I would love I mean, I love to talk VR. So, uh, you know, people can reach out to me anytime on any of those and um continue to watch what we're doing with Kentucky and everything. we got some other secrets I, I haven't let out yet, but they're going to be exciting. So, uh, and I, like I said, I learn from other people every day too. I, I don't, I know a lot and I'm proud of that, but I don't ever pretend to know that I, I know everything. So um, I love a, a place that we can share these ideas. So Shannon, you're a gem. Thanks so much for coming on the show again. And I'm sure in who knows, six months time, you'll be on a third time. Well, thank you so much. I always love talking to you. You're so much fun. And it was so nice of you to uh, accommodate my scratchy voice. So I apologize if that (laughs) was anything unpleasant. (laughs) Amazing. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks. (laughs) 